0: This Week in Startups is brought to you by DigitalOcean, providing the easiest cloud platform to deploy, manage, and scale applications. Sign up today and receive a free $100 credit at do.co slash twist. LinkedIn. LinkedIn has marketing tools to help you target your customers with precision. To redeem a $100 LinkedIn ad credit and launch your first campaign, Go to linkedin.com slash startups And Capterra, the leading free online resource to find your best software solutions. Visit capterra.com slash twist for free to find the right tools to make 2019 the year for your business.
1: We have an amazing All Ask Jason episode for you today. And these are some of the best questions I've ever gotten. We've got a crazy inventor from upstate New York who's made a sick ping pong table and he's trying to take it to market. We have a Toronto-based startup that is trying to figure out how to hire people even though they don't have a ton of money. We've got a founder who is in on the East Coast and he's trying to land the perfect investor and he's doing it at night while raising a kid working two jobs. And then I got a guy out in Walnut Creek who wants to be an angel investor. He wants to know if he should mortgage his house and put all that money into angel investing. And I give him the straight dope. And I am candid with everybody. And these are some of the greatest questions we've ever gotten in the program. Thank you, Emmy Award-winning producer Jackie and Sir Charles, for putting together another amazing episode of This Week in Startups. Stick with us. Who's on the line?
2: This is Bryant.
1: Bryant? Yep. Oh, nice to meet you, Bryant. Where are you calling from? From Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz, very nice down there, huh? What a life. Got that Verve mm-hmm. coffee going.
2: Mm. Yep.
1: Mm. Delish. Okay. You've got a question for me. Let's hear it.
2: Yeah. So a little background. Uh, my startup that I've been working on is an adventure sports park called ASR.Life. Uh, it's a whitewater park and surf park startup. Um, most of the investors that I've talked to Say I'm looking at the numbers. They say, "Hey, it's a great idea. Numbers look great, but it's you know a little outside my bailiwick." So I'm trying to figure out how do I find adjacent investors to the usual tech investors crowd who would be interested in investing in something as unique as Whitewater Park and Surf Park in the southern part of Silicon Valley.
1: Okay, great question. A bunch of my friends go to that wave pool that that famous surfer built. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Pool. Kelly has this, and it's some, where is it? Is it out in the East Bay or something?
2: No, it's down near Fresno.
1: It's Fresno. Got it. And so I've seen a bunch of my friends, you know, social media with that. And what is it, like 10K or 20K a day to rent it out? It's extremely Uh, expensive. 50K to rent it for the day. Yep. And so people rent that for the day, and they have 10 people surf it or something?
2: Yep. Wow.
1: That's ridiculous. So there is a huge mark. What did it cost to build that surf center? That Tell
2: one, being a being a prototype, it was a bit expensive. is about thirty-eight million for the base. My total project cost that I'm looking at is about a hundred million.
1: Okay, wait. That one costs thirty-eight million, and yours is a hundred yep. million.
2: Yeah, I've got an additional uh, feature, a whitewater park.
1: Got it. Okay, so you are. Going for the crazy Walt Disney, I'm going to change the world, hundred million dollar vision. Great, it's awesome that you have that vision. A lot of people don't have that; they're just, you know, really trying to build something small. Oh, if I can get a thousand people to pay a thousand dollars a year for this product, I'll be a millionaire, kind of thing. So I like that you have that ambition. Um, that being said, this is not something that venture capitalists typically do, and it's something that maybe you would have to have the credentials of was it Kelly Slater who was doing the uh surf yep. thing you said like Kelly Slater's famous right and he knows a lot of famous rich people and i'm sure he could pass the hat with his rich friends to raise the money for a prototype then take that prototype and bring it to other people so i'm guessing that was probably a, an overnight success what 5 10 years in the making from what i understand he was he was at that for a decade right yep exactly so um do you have that level of network, or apparently not, from what you're telling me, right? You don't have that.
2: I've talked to three billionaires so far, and none of them are willing to lead, but once they get up to about 10 million, then they're willing to go in.
1: Interesting. Okay. So you have some sort of hustle in you. You're able to reach three billionaires. Very well done. Um, it's interesting. I, When you can't get venture investors, what you should, for something like this, because it's, it's just uh, not something they would typically invest in um, until they saw it. It's just too out there, right? It's out of their signaling. Yep. Um, it's not software. It's not a marketplace, et cetera. So I think it's a waste of time to try to pitch them even. The two questions you have yep. to ask yourself, is there a smaller version of this that I can do for $5 million that I can build, make highly successful, and then take the $5 million version of this and sell the fifty, the twenty five, and then after the $25 million version, does that exist in your model, or does it is it all or nothing? You have to build Disneyland or nothing?
2: You kind of can. Uh, it's hard to get the numbers. To get a million people, you need the scale. Hmm.
1: So I think that's where you maybe have to unpack this a bit and figure out maybe there's a way to just do the whitewater rafting piece. Maybe there's a way to do it in a very simple way as part of somebody else's project. So somebody else has an amusement park or theme park like, down by you, there is a uh, Gilroy Gardens. Yeah, Gilroy Gardens. Yep. Right. So now you have Gilroy Gardens, right? If Gilroy Gardens wanted to add a feature and you were able to do that with them, you could be the person who brought it to Gilroy Gardens, added that water park feature, and then maybe you spin out on your own later, right? So that it might be a, a clearer path. But you've chosen to do something, you know, outlandish. Um, get ready for a lot of nos, like if. Yeah. You get 50 no's for every yes doing an enterprise software company. You're, you're 500 no's for one yes. So you're going to have to have pretty thick skin and be at this for a while. Uh, but that, I don't think you should not do it for that reason. I think you may just need to think, can I approximate this and do some version of it at a smaller footprint, build my credibility? Because you haven't built anything like this before.
2: Uh, so my team actually has we part of the team built one in Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and one of them in Oklahoma City.
1: How were those funded?
2: Public, uh, public, private partnerships.
1: Great. So then now we know everything we need to know. Like there might be, it might not. You might not be able to get Santa Cruz to do it, but there might be another city that wants to participate in this. That wants to drive, you know, maybe Sacramento or I don't know which town has budget and wants to drive tourism, St. Louis, Obispo, whatever. But this sounds like something where you might be able to work with somebody who uh, wants to do that. The other possibility is to crowdfund. I know this sounds incredibly silly and stupid, but if you said, hey, I'm going to build this, I need to raise $100,000 to build you know, the the plan to build this or something. You might be able to actually get people to do some sort of a Kickstarter to to build the plans, but I'm not sure if people would invest in just that piece. So um, I don't have an easy answer for you because what you're doing is extremely hard. I do think collecting people who have done this before is really wise. So I, your whole pitch changed from some crazy guy in Santa Cruz with a vision to, oh, Credible guy. He's got two people on his team who've done it before. Oh, he's got three billionaires he talked to who maybe would do it. You know, I don't know if I believe it or not, but you still got access to them. So you're in a credibility building exercise. If you can keep adding credible people to the mix who have done these kind of things before and who are willing to work on spec and who are willing to attach their names to the project, I think that builds your credibility. And that's what you're in. You're in a credibility building, long, crazy, you know, long odds endeavor, but there there is no silver bullet for somebody who wants to build a hundred million dollar amusement park other than maybe doing it in partnership with somebody else and being an employee of theirs or the manager of this project. And that's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, if you were to get, you know, I don't know, uh, great adventure or Great America, whatever these other tier parks are and say, hey, I have a vision for this. I'd like to work with you on it." Maybe you meet the person who owns that, and and they'll do it. But it's going to be difficult, and I wish you success with it. Thanks. Okay. Let's take another caller. Caller, are you on the line?
3: Yeah. Hi, Jason.
1: Who am I speaking with?
3: Hi. My name is Nader. I'm calling from uh, Toronto, Canada. Uh, My company is called Pure Filters.
1: Yes. How are you, sir? Great meeting you. You applied for the accelerator, and... You have a real business and it's doing really well it's great to get to know you last week you have a question for me now that you're home in toronto let's hear it
3: (laughs) yeah yeah first of all thanks for the opportunity to come down great to meet you um yeah my question for you today is being as uh, our company is uh you know bootstrapping we're looking for a really good talented developer and uh you know for a cto type position and i'm just wondering you know obviously I can't compete with Google in terms of how much I can pay pay somebody what can I do to entice top level talent to join my team
1: fantastic great question so why do top level talent join teams? if you're talking about top level talent they have their choice of where to work so as an example uh, they will vector on two things one is the opportunity right? which means compensation, equity, stock, et cetera. But then they're also going to think about the mission of the company. They may also think about lifestyle. So those are actually three, I, I would argue, three different vectors. So Google and Facebook are going to pay an extremely large amount of money and they'll always beat you in, comp- in compensation. That being said, you would be compensated to sell your soul to make people click on ads 0.001% more, and you'll spend 12 hours a day trying to get people to click on ads just a little bit more and collect more data about them and do more creepy shit over at Facebook that makes you want to kill yourself. And so the right. purpose that the person would have there would be zero. It would be like a zero on ten, zero of 10 in terms of like how meaningful and purposeful this work is. Going to work for Facebook in 2019, you're just going there to make the ad network work better and you know, invade people's privacy more. It's a zero of ten. It's literally anybody who's there is there for the compensation. Period. Now, okay. at a startup, hey, listen, maybe you're a six or a seven in terms of total comp, but on mission, oh, it's com.com and I'm really into mindfulness. Oh, it's CafeX X and I love robotics and coffee. Oh, it's Fitbod. I am a CrossFit junkie. Oh, it's Steezy. I am into dance. I would love to work on a dance startup. So when you can align the person's personal interest, and then you can you can beat Facebook and Google where developers will want to kill themselves working there. And then you could add to it lifestyle. You could say to the developer, how do you like to work? Do you like to work from home? Are you a remote person? Are you a night person? Are you a weekend person? How do you like to work? Maybe we can be more flexible in that uh, range and then you just have to find somebody at the point in life where they've made enough money and maybe you can beat people on lifestyle and on purpose. Now you're selling filters, air filters, that may not be the most purposeful work to people so you may need to expand that mission and say, hey, what we really want to do is help people be healthier and make the world, you know, have cleaner air and make people, not uh, get sick from that kind of stuff. You can kind of up level the or level up the uh, mission of the company. So I think that's something you could work on if you expand the mission. Like, hey, we, right now we work on replacing people's filters in their HVAC units because that's making people sick. But we also want to develop new products and new services that keep people healthy and let them know their air quality. And I know that you have some other ideas around that. So I'd sell them on that overarching mission and you can sell them on lifestyle and on opportunity. Hey, listen, you can give them extraordinary equity compensation and moderate to modest to moderate equity comp. What you want to look for is somebody who doesn't want to be part of the big industrial advertising complex. You want to have somebody who wants to be part of a small team and build something exciting and make it fun and exciting to work for you. I make it fun and exciting to work at launch, or I try to, by we travel the world, we go on scuba diving trips, we have fun, we go to dinners, we go to nap. I just try to keep it light and breezy and fun. But there is a sense of mission and purpose here. And that's why I'm able to land high quality people because, yeah, it's kind of dope to be helping founders realize their vision, right? So I have this incredible advantage with the mission. So that's where you can really, I think, differentiate yourself and your level of passion for it. So are you writing blog posts? Are you uh, you know, out there banging the drum about the mission? And can you connect with people on social media, social networks, you know, um, LinkedIn, interacting with people at events and get somebody roped into the excitement about the business? Hey, we bootstrap this business to this level. And if we can get to this next level, we can start releasing these products. And then we can raise venture capital. We can go big. Just tell that story. Tell it candidly. And it's a numbers game as well. You, you're going to talk to a hundred developers and 80 of them are going to be like, I'm here for max compensation. You just eliminate them. They're mercenary. And then you focus on the 20% that might be missionary, people who want to see the product manifest itself in the world. They want to see the problem solved in the world. That's what you need is missionary type people. And you can win them on lifestyle, and you might be able to also win them uh, based on the mission of the company. Is that helpful?
2: Very much so. I appreciate the thorough answer. Thank you.
1: Okay. I'll see you when you're back in San Francisco. And keep me on updates at launch.co. Update me in your monthly update. I'm watching your revenue. I'm watching your traction. You're on the radar. All right. You got it. All right. We'll talk soon. Looking
3: forward to next time. Yeah, talk soon. Thanks. Bye. Cheers.
1: If you're a startup and you're just getting started or you're a bigger startup and you're scaling, it's time for you to use the easiest cloud platform out there to deploy, manage and scale applications and it's one that removes all the infrastructure friction from your life. 150,000 businesses, including the world's fastest startups are using this specific service and that service is DigitalOcean, of course. And I'm going to give you $100 from DigitalOcean right now go to do.co twist that's right a hundred dollar credit i had mitch Weiner called into this week in Starbucks back in 2010 that's nine years ago and he was working in marketing he's like hey Cow, what should i do with my life i was like you should go to like tech stars or y comedy or one of these places and find the hottest startup and join them and get that sweet sweet equity you know what he joined digital ocean came back on the podcast in 2014 after they raised 37 million bucks from Andreessen Horowitz, one of the top, top firms in the Silicon Valley. They have straightforward billing. It's flat pricing. You're never gonna get a surprise. You always know what you're gonna pay and that's super important. And here's a customer a customer testimonial from Contenting Ignite. Since moving to DigitalOcean, our startup is ultimately more capable than what we had before the migration. Downtime has become a rarity. And our hosting costs have decreased by more than 90%. What? That's right, a 90% decrease in those hosting costs. And when you save that money, I encourage you whenever you save money, this is what I do. If we save like 500 bucks on something a month, people are like, ah, oh, we're saving 500 or even 100. Times it by 40 months, because that's probably how long you're gonna keep these things. So if you're saving $100 a month times 40 months, this can add up quickly. Or if it's 500 bucks or $1,000, we are talking about serious cash back in your pocket. Okay, do.co/twist Get that $100 credit. And thanks again to DigitalOcean for supporting independent media like this week in startups. Let's get back to this amazing episode. All right, everybody. Let's take a call from Devin. Devin, are you there? I am, J-Cal. How are you doing? I'm good. You know, only my friends can call me J-Cal. And Devin, you and I are very close friends. so. Well played.
4: I appreciate that. Uh, Devin, where
1: are you calling from?
4: <laughs> I'm calling from Boston, right outside Boston.
1: All right. And your Celtics are imploding. Sorry about that.
4: Uh, Actually, a Lakers fan, so I don't know what to say about that.
1: Oh, my God. Even worse. What a disaster. LeBron James <laughs> not going to the playoffs. Isn't that crazy? So well, tell me. Pretty sad. You've got a question for me. I'm um, assuming it's about your startup or angel investing. Let's hear it.
4: Um, On that same line. So... Like, like you said, my name is David. I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I started my first company when I was 15, and now I'm about to graduate from Babson College.
1: Very nice. Uh,
4: I'm deeply passionate. Thank you. I am deeply passionate about tech startups. I am actually in the middle of building my fourth company right now. But I know in the future, I want to end up basically where you are, hmm. investing preferably my own money into startups that I think are super unique and hopefully as a full-time job. Fantastic. Uh, I know that the quickest or, or most typical way is to build a company, sell it for an enormous amount of money, obviously, but I realize I need to pay my bills until I have the traction to attract invest uh, investors like you. So I'm looking at my graduation as an opportunity to find a one or two year stepping stone that will truly make me a better entrepreneur. Right. I've been thinking a lot about going to do associate or, honestly, any work for a VC firm instead of a typical uh, Apple, Facebook, Google job. Um, but I've gotten advice from other investors and entrepreneurs who uh, you know, are obviously very successful as well. They basically have uh, advised me to either join some sort of pre-season where I'd have a lot of impact or to join a series b to d a growth stage company where you know, they're growing exponentially, where I can learn. Um, but I'm really having trouble, uh, a hard time rather, weighing my impact at a company versus learning from the companies that are growing exponentially with or without me. So my question is this, is if you were to give advice to young Jason, who is yep. about to graduate college in 2019, what would you recommend he prioritize in terms of a first career?
1: Great question. So when I was uh, coming up in New York, I had a consulting gig for Fred Wilson and Jerry Colonna with their Acme Ventures, which later became Flatiron Partners. And I was writing coverage for them at the age of 24 or 25 about startups. And instead of going into venture at that time, when I was 24, 25, I went into the media business because I had a passion for magazines. Looking back on it, it would have been better for me to go venture in terms of probably net worth. But I loved magazines, I liked media, and so I don't regret it, it kind of made me famous to have my own magazine in New York, I got a lot of press. So I try not to overthink these things of what I would change in my career. I kind of like being a venture capitalist right now, I liked being a magazine publisher and editor back then. For you, number one, thanks for being a capitalist, thanks for creating wealth and jobs in the world. Thanks for not being a socialist who wants a handout. I'm just going to start off right there with triggering all the libs who want to um you know believe that it can't be done. You can um you know make a great future for yourself, but it requires you having a skill. And so you, you know listen, you got a you got a, a great college you're coming out of. That helps on the margins, right? Uh, people you can't be a schmuck and go to Babson. I don't think uh, that's possible. And you've started some companies. So the real question is, are you more passionate about starting companies? Do you have a company that you really need to see in the world manifest itself? Or are you more passionate about maybe investing, right? Or do you just want to invest because you want to be rich? If you really have that passion for investing, um, I think the hack today, I'm going to give you like three hacks. The first hack is, Startups are about growth, right? Startups are not about just building a world class product anymore. It used to be like we were kind of in the startup game seeing if we could build a product to see if it existed in the world, but that has left the station now like everybody can make a great world class product it, The secrets are all out there. If you just go online, you can learn how to make a great app, learn how to make a great service so really and and to do it cheaper, in fact, so what is left is growth. so if I were to pick Uh, one skill for you, it would be being a director of growth or a vice president of growth or a growth hacker. Just any way for you to be able to say, I was at this startup and then I left for this startup and I handled growth. I made the register ring. I made the number of users go up. I learned all these techniques because what people uh, are looking for in venture capitalists right now and investors are investors who could unlock those secrets, those techniques, and get around a table and figure out how to grow a startup. I recently wrote a blog post over at calacanis.com about the one way to guarantee you're going to get funded forever, and that is if you triple, double or triple revenue every year. Uh, If you double revenue, really six months, if you double revenue every six months, you triple it every 12 months, you will get unlimited funding if you're one of the people who can enable a startup to do that. You are invaluable, invaluable, and that is the skill that you really want to have: is that ability to make things grow. So that's what I would suggest for you: is to figure out how to make things grow. Um, getting like a job as an analyst at a venture firm—it's kind of hard. You can take a shot at it; those positions are hard to get, um, but you might get one. It's just very, very difficult, and I think a lot of the f- founders who want money from investors today will look around the table and say, okay, the partners in your firm, have any of them built anything? And if you look at a firm like Andreessen Horowitz, they just uh, hired a friend of mine, David Yulovich, who built a company for 10 years or more, and now he's a partner there. So when And I was talking to a founder last night who was like, hey, do you think I should take money from Andreessen Horowitz? I was like, well, what's the partner? I'm not sure. And I was just counseling them on stuff. He said, and he mentioned it was David Ulovich. And I said, yeah, well, he built this company. And the founder was like, oh, I love that company. Oh, yeah, no, I I could see myself working with them. So that's your first hack is get into growth. Um, A second uh, potential uh, hack to get into this uh, might be to look at investors out there and see if you could become their analyst chief of staff and to prove it to them and say to them, hey, I know I'm going to pick somebody, Cyan Banisher, at Founders Fund. Hey, Cyan, I'm a huge fan. I know you invested in Uber, and I know you recently invested in the company Density. I did some research for you, and I found these six potential competitors for Density, and I found these six different opportunities, and I summarized it for you in this Google Doc. I would like to do this for you every day. You find an opportunity, I write coverage for you, and here's how I did it. Um, And you can look up the YouTube deal memo that Rulof Botha wrote at Sequoia. Just Google that, Rulof Botha, B-O-T-H-A. Um, and YouTube deal memo. And when you read that, you could just start writing those and sending them to people. Now, what you're doing is you're showing investors instead of asking for the job and saying, "Trust me, I can do it." You're saying, "Here I am doing the job. Look at the work product. Here it is. I did it." And that shows hustle, and it shows dexterity that you can actually do it. So those are my two number, my my number one and my number two for you. Spend two or three years doing growth at startups. Go to every accelerator you can think of, Techstars, Y Combinator, Launch Accelerator. Look at the companies coming out of those great programs. Pick one that you think you love and email the founder and say, I want to work on growth. I'll work for any dollar amount. Doesn't matter. I want to help you grow the company. I'm looking to get my break here. I'll learn on the job. And the second is to just write coverage of companies, et cetera, uh, and email it to somebody. If you were, instead of calling me and talking about this, if you had sent me an email that said, Uh, Jason, I wrote coverage of all the CafeX competitors I could find and all of the com.com opportunities I could find. And here's my analysis. And I read it, and it was good analysis. I'd be like, hmm, maybe I should hire this kid, right? So those are my two ideas for you. Davon.
4: Awesome. Is is it okay if I uh, ask you a quick follow-up?
1: You got it. Go.
4: So I really like the idea of getting into growth. Um, I myself, my, my skill is marketing. So especially to the millennial Gen Z target, uh, growth is right up my alley. What I'm more worried about is where I go. So what I've tried doing is exactly like you said, just reach out to the people that I really believe in. Uh, there are a few companies, a few of which you've even invested in, that uh, I would love to work for for any dollar amount. And... Uh, what I'm finding is, especially the ones that are strictly lean, um, have a very negative perception of hiring a fresh college grad. Of course, I'm, I'm not a typical college grad. I, I do have some years of experience under my belt, um, but I understand that, obviously, I'm, I'm 22. I'm graduating college, so therefore, you know, how, how many different ways can you really look at me? So um, I, I'm having a hard time fitting into pre-Series B companies that way. And uh, I'm not sure that I would get a role where my growth strategies would really impact A Series B, the D company per se. Yeah, okay, so, so here's um, what I'll
1: tell you. Get your ass out to Silicon Valley. Just do it. Don't mm-hmm. overthink it. Get the cheapest apartment you can find. Take whatever job you can get. Now you've landed, you're in the right geo. And then you yep. go to every party, you network with everybody you could imagine. You're going to be networking with a lot of, you know, Uh, let's just say uh, people who maybe don't have all that much to offer you know and then all of a sudden you're going to meet somebody who can help transform your career there's going to be collisions that occur you just got to get yourself out here Um, and and that's what happens like literally people who want to make movies they go to Hollywood and yeah sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't uh, you know especially if they're actors or whatever but generally speaking if there's that much activity in your industry going on there being in proximity to it it, you know, things can work out. Right. So, um, yeah. I was just reading Mike Ovitz's book and the guy, Steven Seagal was, um, I guess teaching Ovitz jujitsu and then he started putting him in movies and he became a movie star. If he wasn't teaching him jujitsu in Hollywood at the time, he, you know, if it was just teaching jujitsu in Boise, Idaho, it wouldn't have been a movie star. Right. And so if you want to be in the tech business, go to a tech center. That's really San Francisco first. Uh, you know, and then the the peninsula, you know, Mountain View, that area. So it's the same area, but you know, two different locations. And then after that, you could pick New York, L.A., Seattle, Austin. All those places work if you fancy one of those more. Do that, but I I think you got some really unique opportunity here to get into one of those startups with your growth techniques. That's the easiest path.
4: Awesome. All right, awesome. good luck. I appreciate you. Check
1: back in. Goodbye. Thank you. Okay.
4: Will do. Thanks. Jackie.
1: All right. When you advertise on LinkedIn, you get to build a long-term relationship with the most important people in the world. All of these customers of yours are sitting there on LinkedIn, waiting for you to connect with them. So you're going to get these very high quality leads, you're going to get great website traffic and higher brand awareness. The first step is talking to the right audience. And every day, 500 million professionals engage on LinkedIn. These are also known as your future customers. Think about that, a half billion people. And LinkedIn has marketing tools for you to target your customers with precision. I'm talking about the job title, the company name, and the industry. This lets you create a much better message that your customers care about. LinkedIn is the only place you can do this. And of course, if you're targeting the ads properly, this is going to lead to more trust with your customers. Four out of five customers on LinkedIn are decision makers at their company. You know this because you're a decision maker and you're on LinkedIn. So you're building relationships with the people that really matter. Here we are. Press created this amazing lead form for us. The goal was to get more people interested in advertising on This Week in Startups. That's pretty meta, right? Well, we looked for specific things like people's email, company name, phone, job title, and industries. And if we know we want the CMO or the chief marketing officer or somebody with podcasting in their title um, or experimental marketing, whatever it is, we can go find them. So when building a campaign, we're able to target those exact positions and we know our ads are not wasted. Okay, just go to LinkedIn.com slash This Week in Startups. LinkedIn.com slash This Week in Startups equals a hundi. $100. Terms and conditions apply, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. If you're not advertising on LinkedIn, you are missing out on the most powerful ad network for businesses. It's just extraordinary. And you know that because you're on LinkedIn every day. That product gets better and better every week. The product gets better and LinkedIn marketing is amazing. LinkedIn.com slash This Week in Startups. Thanks again to the LinkedIn team. You've been so supportive of this podcast. I really do appreciate it. Let's get back. To this amazing guest. All right, Nick, are you on the line? I am. Nick, where are you calling from?
3: This is Jason. This is Jason. Ah, Jason, hi, it's Nick from Brooklyn. How are you?
1: Nick from Brooklyn. BK, what area of Brooklyn are you in?
3: I'm in Gowanus, Brooklyn.
1: You're in Gowanus? Really? I heard that they're going to turn the pump on in the Gowanus Canal and the water's going to move for the first time in 75 years. Is that true?
3: That happened about uh, 15 years ago. They
1: turned the pump and, back uh, on.
3: Yeah, yeah. And it's gotten uh, less green uh, ever since. It's, okay, uh, so it's, it's nice less now. green. It's ducks and and, yeah, it's beautiful.
1: If you fall in there, do you die still or no?
3: Yeah, I think it's like the the, the Venice uh, the Venice Canal. You know, it's just uh, yeah. unknown uh, yeah. bacterium. Great. Yeah.
1: So, And are people building, like, uh, are hipsters building... Cafes along the Gowanus Canal.
3: Uh, yeah, it's, it's packed hipsters now. It's uh, it's fairly wealthy, you know, New York developers. Uh, there's a major development uh, change in the past. Uh, in the past. Uh,
1: this is incredible. Uh, I remember driving past.
3: past and, yeah, it's incredible how it's changed.
1: I remember driving past Red Hook and uh, the Gowanus Canal, and my dad would speed up. Okay, you have a question. That's totally.
3: <laughs> Uh, okay, so I have a seed stage uh, startup. It's called Tether. Uh, that io. Tether with a Y. And uh, recently, I was invited to pitch at a investors conference uh, for the princely sum of a four hundred dollar monthly subscription, which was a uh, annual. It was an annual requirement, and that was a discount from the six hundred dollar uh, oh monthly credit.
1: So five thousand a year, or seventy two hundred a year, paid in advance.
3: Well, no, paid it was it was, a, it was a, commi- it's a commitment. It's a oh. commitment. So you know, you just you just pay the four hundred. But oh. then when I went on their website, it was uh, you know it was uh, it clearly said you know that uh, uh, if you cancel your annual commitment, you're responsible for the, uh, oh my the full commitment.
1: Okay, what's your question?
3: So uh, that seems a little rich for my blood. Uh, and also it seemed like you know if it's an investors club we're the entertainment uh, yeah. and it's like what's charging the name, a band. what's the name
1: of this what's the name of the scam I mean I, the company
3: yeah I don't want to
1: Oh, know, sure you want to tell mean, me come on let's go you of course you yeah. want to tell me tell me
3: yeah they to, to f- tell you you follow me on Twitter and I'll uh, I'll send it to you and uh, all right just text it to yeah. Jack
1: I, I need to know the name of this thing we need to know what this yeah. is
3: yeah you got to just tell us I'll Just be, tell I, us come on I'll be glad to tell you Um, Oh, yeah, but so I no, mean, no. Tell me there, on air. Give it ever... up.
1: We have to out these people. These people are <laughs> criminals. We must stop them.
3: It, that's what it seemed like to me. You know, I uh, my my background is in, in is in the film and reality TV industry, and uh, uh, you know there are all these kind of like predatory uh, festivals. You yes, know? of and course. It, it really felt like that. Okay, and, so uh,
1: I'll explain this all to you. If you are an angel investor or venture capitalist or seed fund, or accelerator in the world. You are searching for great entrepreneurs and you're giving them money to get equity, to get on their cap table, because that's where the magic happens. Baller people do not need $500 or $5,000 right now. They need 5,000 shares for a penny each that become worth $5,000 Five thousand dollars each, and then you have a 10- to-one stock split, and then another 10-to-one stock split, and all of a sudden, they're sitting on millions of dollars after they gave you 50,000. That's what Baller Angels are doing. That's what everybody in Silicon Valley is doing. Anybody who is charging a founder is a loser piece of garbage. <laughs> a loser and a piece of garbage. Because everybody knows that every penny a founder has, you go into product not into yeah. paying off a bunch of dipshit leeches who are pretending to be angels. And all you need to do is say, oh, that's great. I'm really interested. I'll do the I'll do the pitch for free. If I get value from it, then I'll pay you. And they'll say no. And then here's your next teller. That's, this is a that giant- is, That's
3: exactly what I did. And, that, and do you know what they said?
1: Oh, we don't do that. We need you to commit.
3: They said, well, there's a dinner and an open bar.
1: Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> are we here to get free food? I'm here to build- Unicorns and billion-dollar companies. Does yeah. anybody need hors d'oeuvres? Yeah,
3: Literally exactly. F these
1: guys. F them.
3: Yeah.
1: And out them. Okay. And let's put sunlight on just how horrifically um, small these people are. This is a giant scam. Koretsu Forum was charging people $5,000 out here to present. I knew people who did it because founders are ambitious and sometimes gullible and sometimes desperate and they need money and they're like well I get 5000 I'll get 500000 back you know it's worth the risk
3: right they yeah. would
1: go everybody would come after they pitched at Koretsu forum and they would you know uh, after they presented they'd have like a little networking they said everybody who came up to them this is 10 years ago uh, oh yeah, I'm an angel investor and I run a search company. So if you need any talent, oh yeah, no, I run a consulting. Uh, we do PR. Oh yeah, no, I'm a marketing agent. No, I'm a lawyer. It was all service people. And you yeah. ask them what have you invested in, and they're like, oh, I invested in this company back in the '90s or in this company in 2005. And it's like, oh, how much did you invest? are yeah. like, well, I gave them free three free months of PR. They gave me twenty-five thousand shares. These people yeah. are garbage. Uh, young startups was doing this. Some company, young startups, Karetsu Forum. I have destroyed these people. I did it 10 years ago on the podcast. We can cut to me acting like a maniac on the show with an AK-47 in the first or second year. Message to Mike Scam Segal. I am coming for you. You will drop your fees. You will stop with the nonsense, or I will put you out of business. And then I want everybody in the nation to link to it. So when anybody types Mike Segal into Google, this is the number one thing that comes up. You do not charge startups thousands of dollars and percentage points in their companies just to pitch to angels. That's insane. It's insane, Gary V says it's insane. We are coming for you unless you do what Karezzo Forum did. Why do we lay down like the dog you are, Mike Sagala? You know what? I'm I not am coming for you. I'm not educated enough. Why are they able to justify that? Because desperate entrepreneurs who are first-timers, like the people calling into the program, they don't know any better in some cases, or they're desperate. And what, these guys have enough brand equity, they made one win or two wins? No, what they do is they they have a cheesy looking website, they pretend they have all these angel investors coming, they wear a suit, whatever, and they don't know any better. End of the message. These people get me crazy. And you know what, Web Summit is one of these people as well. Web Summit, these scumbags were, charging people, they were like, they were going to my startups, my investments and saying, it's normally 12,000 for us to give you one day in the demo pit, which they stole from me. And we're going to give you, uh, you know, whatever, these kind of meetings. But you know, we talked to the team and you're so great. We're not going to charge you 12, we're going to charge you just four and you get to bring four team members. And I just don't tell anybody. And it's like, I told my my founders, are are you dumb? You're going to pay $4,000? for something that you don't need to do and there's no investors there and it's 99% you know, uh, founders looking for money. You, you, you put yourself into a cattle call and you paid to do it. It's so dumb. That's yeah. why we give away... Look, look at what we do. We give away free tickets to the events. We give away free demo pits. We have Founder University. It's free. Why? Because we're playing the long game. We make more money on a unicorn than we could... One unicorn investment is going to make us Millions, tens of millions, perhaps even over $100 million from one unicorn investment. That's what you get if you're an early C-stage company. Why on earth would you be playing the game for $500 a month from a two-person startup? For the love of God, these people are garbage.
3: It's infuriating. Well, that's uh, that's what I thought. <laughs> I just wanted to confirm that
1: give me the name come on <laughs> nick you want to give me the name let's
3: take these I guys do. out just,
1: let, let, right let now me, let let's do just, it uh, let's take them out right me now send me and you.
3: people. let me let me send it to see your people. but they did use a, a, a like a like a like a gold font on their uh, on their website it was like really it, it was like so close to that that fire festival that like oh. club that he had before it was oh, like God. exactly like, that. like they give you a watch like if you join you know. Uh, Such
1: garbage. Yeah, it
3: was, it was pretty wild. All right, listen, um,
1: what's going on with your startup show. Tether? I know you love the show. Thank you for calling. Um, I appreciate that. Well, what's this Tether? Tell me about your startup. What do you do?
3: It's SaaS it's, uh, it's for streaming video. It's a little baby unicorn. SaaS
1: for streaming video. Yeah. So instead of using yeah. YouTube for streaming, you're like Wistia. You're like white label, private for businesses. No, it's
3: the opposite. It, oh. it, 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 it takes everything. It oh. takes everything. It's, it's a multiplier. It's not a disruptor. Got it. Everything goes in. It increases engagement, uh, and uh, it uh, it works as a work product. It, it, it's like going from a manual transmission to an automatic transmission for the oh. user experience on video. It's Got awesome.
1: It. Awesome. And are you charging for it yet, or you're just an alpha right now, right? You're trying to figure out product yeah, benefit. Yeah. It, it,
3: it's alpha, but uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show your media team it, right. and they, if they it's cool, they'll show it to you next week.
1: Fantastic. Here's what I suggest when you're doing the alpha testing and everything, charge people. Yeah. Charge people. Make it real. See if the product is good enough that people will pay. A lot of times people exactly. do these alphas, and yeah. they do these betas, and they don't charge, and then they get yeah. disconnected from that feedback loop. Ask people to give you their credit card charge them a hundred bucks you, know, you can undercharge them. That's fine, but charge them nonetheless. Uh-huh. So they take it seriously and they respect you. That's my one piece of advice and you didn't ask for it, but I'll that's give it
3: really to That's really interesting. That's really interesting. I, I, I appreciate that. I yeah. thought also that, um, that the engagement would go up, that people would spend more time interacting with videos and stuff.
1: You know, video is getting huge obviously. And, um, you know, any tools you can make around it are a nice business. If you can build a SaaS yeah. product, that's a monthly product that is a little more robust and does some full stack version of stuff, then it gets more mm-hmm. interesting. And then if it becomes a platform or a marketplace, then it becomes super interesting. So a lot of times people start with a tool, then they build mm-hmm. a product, then they build a solution, and then they build a platform or marketplace, right? And every time you like can make that jump,
3: from my business plan.
1: yeah. But every time you make that jump, you can add a zero to the valuation or total addressable market. So I encourage you to start with a tool. That's fine. Tinker around. Solve a problem with the tool, but then try to build the full stack solution. Uh, so if you want to do Silicon Valley style empire building,
3: yeah, I've, I've got all it right. all. You're you're, you you're preaching s- from my book. That's uh, you that's send awesome. me I'm the really
1: name good. of those scumbags <laughs> so I can go <laughs> after them. I will destroy them on social media. I will make I them rue the day they ever tried to take advantage of one of my listeners. I will <laughs> destroy them. Get me that name, Jackie. All right. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate cool, man. Nice appreciate, you. Man. appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Cheers. Bye. <music> I want you to stop doing things the old way at work and I want you to become more efficient. And the way I want you to do that is to find new software solutions on the internet that solve your problems. And the way to do that is just go to Capterra. You just go to Capterra and there are 700,000 reviews of products from real software users like you and me. They have 700 categories. And one of those categories that's super important is of course, one of the things we were looking for at launch is a solution to manage our customer support for all the different events we're using. And so we went to capteracom slash twist. We clicked on help desk software. We picked four stars and above for a company with two to nine people. And we compared a bunch of different solutions that we saw on a list. We hit compare now, we looked at the pricing and 12 bucks a user per month. Oh wow, four and a half stars out of five, done. There's so much great software out there that'll make you 10, 20, 30, more efficient at your company. This means the 10 person company you have doesn't have to add positions 11 and 12. You don't need to spend that money. You can just make your existing team more efficient. And that's what we recently did with Capterra for our customer support solution. So once again, captera.com slash twist. C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A.com slash twist. I really love this product. I spend a lot of time on it. My team spends a lot of time on it. And I insist that you go right now to capteracom slash twist and become more efficient. Okay. Thanks to the team over at Captera 2 for making such a killer product. It's super helpful, not only for me, but my 200 portfolio companies. Speaking of which, let's get back to this amazing episode. Okay. We have another caller on the line. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Jason, this is Sam. How are you? Sam, how are you? Where are you?
5: I'm based in Walnut Creek, man. Um, and so okay. I'm in the East Bay, been a big fan for a long time. I was actually at a live event with hmm. uh, with Greg, I don't know how many months ago that was, maybe two months ago or so.
1: Oh, from OpenAI. Yeah,
5: yeah. Oh, exactly. yeah, over at yeah. Wilson
1: Cincinnati. Thank you, Wilson, for, um, for hosting. And that was the uh, CTO co-founder of OpenAI. That was a fascinating discussion, was it not, Sam?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Super fascinating. A little over my head. Uh, but, Me too. Uh, and I was interviewing lot. him.
1: <laughs> sure. It was over yeah. my head and I was an interviewer. Uh, this AI stuff yeah. is moving quick. All right. Uh, Walnut Creek, respect. Beautiful out there. Uh, I think Steph Curry lives out there, right? Wasn't he in Walnut Creek? Yeah. yeah. A bunch of the Warriors are yeah. out there.
3: Uh, yeah, all right. It's, um,
1: it's 10 degrees warmer out there too, right? 20 degrees warmer than in uh, San Francisco?
5: On most days. Oh. Most days, for sure. Nice.
1: All right, well, it's been raining ridiculously on the peninsula. I think it's a little drier out there, I hope.
5: Yeah, no rain right now. Um, okay. Sunny, and uh, yeah, no, uh, it's right. my favorite city of the day.
1: So. We got our chitchat out of the way. What's your question? So, um,
5: I read Angel, and like I said, I've been a fan a long time. I'm a sales guy, You know, finance degree, You know, undergrad. My question is, if I wanted to go full-time into angel investing, all of my personal money um, is inside of my home in Walnut Creek. So okay. kind of cash poor right now. Um, I've invested a little bit in Republic, but I'm thinking about, you know, just kind of going full throttle. I would love to partner with somebody like you or somebody you think would be um, interested in a Scout full time. Uh, just kind of to, to, wanted to know what you were thinking. Um, you know, if you're 32 years old and, you know, you had you know, half a million dollar mortgage, not really just in love with the house, um, you know, could get rid of it, but um, kind of wanted to hear your take about getting okay. full time in angel investing. So,
1: great. It's a great question. Um, now, if you have kids and a wife and a mortgage and payments and stuff like that, I don't want you to do anything rash and put your family yep. at risk because your family should always come first. So, you have a family or are you single?
5: Um, soon to be engaged. No okay. kids though. Uh, okay. j- just my house.
1: <laughs> great. Okay. And, I'm um, hoping your spouse has an income as well, so you're not the sole breadwinner, yep. um, so that changes yep. everything. Now, when you have kids and you got responsibility, things change, so you're going to want to you know, keep that in mind. But for a single uh, person, or I'm sorry, um, a person who's uh, engaged, going to be married soon, congratulations, dual income, yeah, one person can take a little bit of risk. That's fine. And you're a young person, and if you want to have an outsized outcome in your life, you have to take outside risks. We have a really weird thing going on in America where people want to get the reward for not taking the effort. They don't want to take the risk and they want the reward. We, you know, we've been having this discussion, socialism versus capitalism, kind capitalism with socialism, whatever, putting all this aside, you know, we're not gonna we, we may give everybody like a two year college education. But we're not giving everybody private jets and, and mansions in Walnut Creek. Gotta earn those. You yeah. gotta take some risk. So, I like you taking risks. Now, do you have a skill? Did you say earlier you were in sales previously?
5: Yeah, sales. So, so, I uh, worked at BlackRock um, for a little bit, worked at Fesco. My back, yeah. Oh,
1: wow. yeah, okay, that's that's um, legit.
5: So, um, you know, I'm a VP right now, but, it, you know, what I, what I, my take is the investment landscape is changing. Yep. Um, you know, cost or, or cost, you know, returns, everything is kind of getting squeezed. So, you either got to provide more value or, you know, be on one side of the equation, whether it's, you know, you're leveraging real yeah. estate or you're, you know, on the boat with these startups. So yep. that's kind of where I am right now.
1: Great. So people always ask me, I had a founder the other night who just had a little bit of cheddar. He was able to sell some secondary shares and he said, what do I do with this money? I said, well, did you buy your house yet? Do you, you know, you know, do you have a 401k? You know, all this other stuff. Um, putting all that aside, you want to take risks. You're 32. Mazel Tov! I think it's cool to take risk. I think it's cool to take intelligent risks. What you should do is you also have a skill that many startups need, which is the ability to sell. So if I was you, I would go to companies and I would say, "Hey, I'm willing to put in five thousand. I know that your minimum is twenty five, but I'm also willing to be um, uh, an advisor, as I talked about in the book. I would like twenty five basis points over two years, vested monthly." You can fire me at any time and I'll vest only what I vest. So if it was 24 months for 24 basis points, I would get one basis point a month, one tenth of one one hundredth of one percent, right? And I would try to cut those deals. Now I did that early in my career and it paid off well. Some of the early investments I had, I was putting in such a little amount of money. I was getting some advisor shares and helping the companies because I wasn't flush. And I, I think I wound up with advisor shares and Calm and 15.5 and a couple of other companies because I was like, I'll put 25K in or 50K in. Maybe I get a little bit of advisor shares on the side, sweeten the pot. I'll help you out a little bit. Um, and there were people who had advisor shares in Uber, by the way. Yum, yum. Uh, so these things can become material and you learn and you build a reputation. So it's great. You're doing Republic. You're getting your feet wet, doing $500 1K, $500 1K investments. Great. Join every syndicate you can. Putting in, as I say in my book, I would rather see you do ten investments for two K each than do one twenty K. But pretend you put twenty K into each. So just provide massive value. Have a special thing that you offer. Listen, I really know sales. I know sales training. I can help you hire salespeople. I can help you vet salespeople. Just put me to work, and offer a little bit of capital and a lot of support and a lot of positivity, and you will get there. Because what startups need, you're right, the game has changed. There's a lot of startups, which means that's good. There's a lot of experiments going on. Um, and there's a lot of money out there. So money alone doesn't get it done. And there are so many startups that really picking the right ones takes time to figure out which ones are going to win. So I love this idea of you putting in small bets, $1,000 bets, $2,000 bets, You know, do 10, 20 of those for a year provide your services for free, and act like you put a million dollars in, even though you put a thousand or two thousand in. And in your mind, you'll have this cognitive change. Instead of saying, well, I've only got $2,000 in there, play that $2,000 like it's your entire net worth. Provide that level of value. And I had to do this in poker because I started playing big stakes poker. And then when I would play for $500 with my friends, my game would go to shit. And I was like, why is my game so bad? I was like, oh, I don't care about $500. So I'm going all in too often. I lost my discipline. So then what I did was I added two zeros. So I said, I'm not buying it for 500. I'm buying it for 5,000. And when I bet $10, I'm saying I'm betting 1,000 in my mind. I just add those two zeros so I could recalibrate my mind to the level at which it meant something to me. Well, you can do that too, the opposite way. Recalibrate it so it it means more than it is. And then you will be an all-star and you'll help one person meaningfully and they will tell everybody about you.
5: Awesome. Great advice. Exactly what I needed to hear. I uh, yeah. would love to play in some of those ten twenty games. Ooh. If you ever have one in Walnut Creek, um, <laughs> you know,
1: I could. <laughs> I, from what I understand, some of those Warriors like to play cards once in a while. I don't have any inside information, but I do think the Warriors play a little bit of cards on the plane uh, from what I see on the social media. But, yeah, uh, well, I'll see you at Lucky Chances uh, or something like that. Okay. Uh, thanks for calling in. Thanks for watching. And remember, no risk, no reward, no gamble, no future. Okay, let's take another caller. Hey, are you on the line? Yes. Tell me your name. Tom. Tom? Where are you calling from, Tom? From yes,
0: Tom. Uh, Western New York.
1: Western New York.
0: Yes, near Buffalo.
1: Whoa, very north. What, what do you got, like 18 feet of snow up there? What's going on?
0: Oh, uh, thereabouts. It's uh, hit 20 today, so get getting warmer.
1: Oh, okay. It's 20. Oh, warm. Oh, another another 15 degrees and that snow might start melting. Okay, you have a question for me. Yes. Let's hear it.
0: All right. Um, I've got. I'm um, an inventor of a product, and it uh, does, I'm not sure it solves the problem, but I think I'm very passionate about it, and I'm not sure how to do sales pitches and all that when you're not, addressing a particular problem. So it's more, it's entertaining.
1: Okay. And your question for me?
0: Is if your product doesn't solve a problem, mm-hmm. how do you pitch it?
1: Ah, okay. Great question. So it's very easy to um, pitch people a product that removes pain. It's like, hey, yeah. if you take this pill, then your back pain goes away. What you're selling is, hey, you take this pill and you might avoid being sick. This is why we say painkillers versus vitamins. Like when yeah. people are in pain, they're like, I need a painkiller right now. Give me a painkiller <laughs> or give me three shots of tequila. I need something to turn off the pain. That's like that acute, like I need it right now. Vitamins, you got to convince people, listen, the study said this, you're getting more vitamin C, you need vitamin B for this reason, you know, da, 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 so, um, when you're pitching it, I think, you know, having a prototype, having some early beta users who have used the product and who talk about how much they love it, And then there are frameworks for this. One is called Net Promoter Score. Uh, there's another one where you ask people, "If this product went away, would you be devastated? Would you be really disappointed?" somewhat disappointed or not disappointed at all, right? And Raul from Superhuman recently wrote a blog post about this. So there are ways when the product's in market to try to get to this very issue, which is, hey, it's not solving exactly a problem for them. Like Netflix, I mean, you could say Netflix solves the problem of what am I going to watch tonight? But really, you know, video games and Netflix and things that entertain us and delight us, they're harder to quantify in that way. And so when pitching them, I think early user reviews and the people who use it telling their story. So if this was okay. um, if this was an app, uh, like say Calm.com for meditation, if you had somebody who said, my daughter was having a hard time going to bed and it was drama every night until we got sleep stories and now I let her pick a sleep story and there's no fighting when she goes to bed and she's asleep f- you know, 9 out of 10 times within 20 minutes. This has been a game changer for our family, which is true in my family, actually. London yeah, mine loves too. it, mine too. <laughs> right? And so <laughs> that testimonial, a testimonial can, and somebody else selling your product, your customer selling your product, is better than you trying to sell your product. Does that make sense? Yes,
3: absolutely. Because
1: people yep. don't believe you. You're you're an interested party. Right. You made it, right? You're like, oh <laughs> right. my, yeah. my my meditation, my sleep app, meditation <laughs> app, you know, solves all the problems in the world. It's like, yeah, prove it. Well, okay. Here's a customer, and here, by the way, here's five customers, and that's why ratings. You know, in a way, when we see the ratings in um, on Amazon or Yelp, you know, those right. ratings in Yelp help us make sense of the world, right? And people like giving their feedback. So I would ask your customers or your early users, can you write me, you know, send them a survey and say, hey, can you rate the product on these four different categories with numbers? And then as the last thing, say, um, uh, as a bonus, uh, and we'll give you a $5 gift card from Amazon for this, uh, please write a Yelp-like three or four sentence review of the product, what it means to you, how you use it, and what delights you about it. And If you ask them in that way, hey, write a Yelp-like review of our product, they'll give you a Yelp-like review, uh, right. and they'll get the $5 <laughs> gift card, and then you pull all those. now. We do this for Founding University um, every time with Emmy Award-winning producer Jackie. At the end, we say, hey, write a Yelp-like review. Then we take all those answers and we give it to the marketing team and they make ads out of it, right? Okay. How yep. brilliant is that, right? So you're getting feedback from your customers and your customers, in our case, founders and entrepreneurs, they understand our product and can discuss it better than us. Same right. and so we okay. might have seen We've been doing some marketing tests for this week in startups because it's going so well. We want more people to find out about. it. So we've actually been experimenting with spending, you know, uh, you know, thousands of dollars a month uh, on some ads. And one mm-hmm. of the ads we've been running is just here are the reviews from iTunes. And when we run the reviews from okay. iTunes, somebody said like, "This is like getting ten MBAs." And I was like, "Wow." <laughs> I mean, I couldn't have come up with that. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, watching this week's of right. startups, like getting 10 MBAs. You know what? It is 10 years every year. It's an MBA. It clearly is like getting 10 MBAs. I love it. But I wouldn't have come up with it. So that's what I would wish for you. Um, okay. What is the product? Do you know?
0: It's, um, it's like a it's similar to, it's a class between an arcade game or a video game and a table game. So it's an interactive mm. ping pong table.
1: An interactive ping pong table. Oh yeah. my lord, I love playing ping pong. <laughs> and I love the idea. Does it keep score? Does it light up where the ball hit? What does it do?
0: It actually goes out where the ball hits, so the object of the game is to there's squares lit up when you can, there's there's lots of different modes. But the basic mode is that you're trying to knock out all of your opponent's squares. Oh my god, you made you Tetris
1: are. ping pong? Yes. Or Breakout. It's more Breakout ping pong. Breakout. Yeah, more like Breakout. Oh my lord! You are a genius up in Syracuse or Oneonta or wherever the hell you are. <laughs> what is this called? This product? This is a genius idea, sir. Uh, Tap Glow. Tap.
0: Yep. T a p g l o.
1: Tap Glow. We're gonna have to yep. work on the name, sir. But this is a great idea. Right. And you're like an <laughs> inventor up in fifteen feet of snow, up in uh, Syracuse or Oneonta or Buffalo somewhere. Yep.
0: Yeah, yep, Buffalo. What's
1: Buffalo your background? Are you like some electrical engineer or something, or just some whacked-out guy who just comes up with sick, awesome ideas?
0: Just a whacked-out guy that comes up with awesome ideas, I guess.
1: How, <laughs> how many bong rips did you do before having this idea? This is a killer no, I, idea. It
0: it did come from Burning Man, but...
1: Uh, it did? It you were no at Burning Man and had this yeah. idea?
0: Yeah, so I was, I was tech support on a large art car, and... Uh, Oh really? Which one? uh Forest House?
1: Oh okay, I don't know Forest House. Uh but I you know I I go to Burning Man every other year or so. Um listen, dude, I don't know what you were tripping on. But <laughs> by all means, Jackie, whatever he has, give it to all the Founder University attendees next time. We're going to spike the punch so and come up with better ideas. This is a great idea. I'm not, I'm dead serious. Do you have you built the prototype yet?
0: Oh yeah, they got a fully working prototype, and uh, that production pretty much this week.
1: How much is it going to go for? Uh, retail is eleven k. Eleven k. Whoa! And yeah. so that means you've got a fifty percent margin on it, or something. Yep. Fantastic. Do so you know? I'm, I'm, do you know Two Bit Circus? Uh, no. Okay, look up 2-Bit Circus. They are building okay. new arcade games and carnival-type games. They have a location in Los Angeles in downtown LA. Um, Brent, Brent Bushnell, who is um, the son of the founder of Atari, Nolan Bushnell, is built this new style arcade. He would buy this from you, and if he does another 10 locations, which something, is, he'd buy 10 of them from you, or he, they might get popular by two of them. And then there's this spin-spin, is a ping pong, you know, spin. You should talk to them already. Oh, you did? Did are they did you give them an exclusive? Tell them they'll be the exclusive in their city if they buy four units of each?
0: You know, I I did and uh, they went great. They got they got an awesome response and they have not said anything. Oh they went dark? Reached out Yeah, reached out four or five times and nothing.
1: (laughs) Oh my lord. I want one of these tables. It's a great idea. This is exactly the type of thing that will appeal to Generation X, Atari two thousand six hundred kids like myself, the Millennial generation that grew up on, you know, Call of Duty, and you know, started to get onto yeah. mobile gaming, and now this new Overwatch, you know, Minecraft generation, um, you know, who grew up so, on ca- casual yeah. games. It's you are literally going to be a multi generational win, and you could do this with pool, and you could do this with uh, shuffleboard as well. And what's great about it is you can come up with all different variations of games. Like I would love to play this where you, the name of the game is every volley. Here's my version. Every volley doubles the number, the value of the game, right? So I hit it, it's one. You hit it, it's two. I hit it back, it's four. You hit it, it's eight. Then it's 16. You get the idea. So now we're at 64. We've gone back and forth whatever times. Yep. And... It lights up a small ping pong sized um, target. Whoever hits the target first gets the points. If you Excellent. miss the, if you screw up the volley, in other words, if you break the volley, yeah. then you yeah. lose that value. So as it goes up, it's like a game of chicken. You understand the stakes are getting right. higher yeah. and higher and higher. Yeah. And if yeah. you hit it, you win. So you can try to target it, but if you don't volley it and you're on the 12th volley and this is worth whatever, 128 or 256, whatever, 512, boom. Now you're going to get the, oh God, you are a genius. I love this. Keep going. The lesson here is go to Burning Man, kids. Work on our cars. Come up with creative <laughs> ideas. This thing's going to be a juggernaut. You got to patent the shit out of this.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate that.
1: All right. All Send me an email. Right. You got my email, at com. I want to see this. I may want to buy one of these off you at cost. You may have to do a J. Calvert. I may need to get this at cost from you. I, I never ask for a okay. freebie, but yeah. I think asking at exactly. cost after how inspiring I've been to you would be yes, You wouldn't take that the wrong way, would you?
0: No, I wouldn't.
1: Okay. There we go. See that? It's <laughs> the life not of J. Cal. All right. Thanks for calling <laughs> in. Let's take another call. All right, All right man. You. Be cool. Stay stay warm. Okay. Stay warm. I, I will. Okay. Om, are you on the line? I'm here. Is it my friend Om Malik by chance?
6: Uh, no, that's the other more famous one. Okay, right now you know too.
1: <laughs> okay, non-famous Ome. Have you been listening to the show for a while? And what city are you calling from?
6: For a while, yeah, uh, for about a year. I'm um, okay. from Ashburn, Virginia, right outside DC.
1: Okay, welcome to the pod. You got nine years of archive to get through, but i'll uh, I'll give you another <laughs> I'll give you another two weeks to do that. Um, you have a question for me? Let's hear it.
3: Yeah, um, my question is.
6: Um, we have product, we have uh, recurring revenue. Uh, we've been building that pretty well. I'm starting to get VC conversations going, um, but everyone seems to say they're interested, but in series A and no, oh, we can't seem to get a lead for our seed round. What did this what could this mean kind of reading between the lines? Great,
1: great question. Okay. Now for people who don't understand, venture capitalists are different than a seed fund. And seed funds are different than angel investors. And angel investors are different than friends and family funding. So I'm just going to go through this real quick. Friends and family are, your friends and family give you 10K each, and you raise 40K to build your prototype, et cetera. And those people, it's the first investment they've ever made. They are not professional angels. They are doing it because they want to support you. That's the friends and family tier. Then we go on to accelerators um, and angel investors. They kind of are the next tier. Accelerator gives you 100K typically for 6%. uh, And then angels might give you a 25K check to even as high as 250, but generally 25 to 100. Then there are seed funds. Seed funds are fund managers, venture capitalists essentially, who manage other people's money, typically 10 million to, let's call it $60 million is a typical seed fund. I'd say on average, 30 million. Seed fund then deploys 250K checks, 500K checks, homebrew, Aileen Lee's, Cowboy Ventures, Pair VC. There are a bunch of these seed funds out there, seed stage funds. And then you have venture capitals. Venture capitals fund size, typically 200, 300, 400 million some of them now raising 600 million, founders fund raising over a billion. And they have a different problem. They can't write small checks. If you had a billion dollar fund and you're writing $100,000 checks, it's going to take forever. They need to write $10 million checks, $20 million checks. They need to take 20% 20 positions. You are caught between you know, these rounds, it's okay to meet venture capitalists, but it's your job as the founder to qualify them. So how do you qualify them? Well, you look at their last 10 investments on the various database websites out there. You know, all the regular names it used to be, let's say Crunchbase, AngelList. Uh, there's some paid ones, I think DealBook or something. Anyway, there's a bunch of these databases of uh, out there that you can go through. And so all of these databases, you'll be able to qualify the venture capitalist. And by qualifying the VC, you know they put $3 million into the last each of the last five companies. Well, you're doing a million-dollar seed round. And if they're doing $3 million and co-leading round, $6 million rounds, they're probably not the funds. So you can just ask them straight up, have you ever made a 500K investment? Have you ever led a 500K investment? And that is how you qualify them. And by- Pre qualifying them, you can say to them, I know we're too early for you. It's great to meet. Just want to let you know what's going on and, you know, uh, put a pin in it. When would you like us to come back? And they might say to you, Yeah, you're at 50K a month in revenue. I'd like you to come back when you have 250K a month in revenue. You say, Great. You put it into your CRM system, your spreadsheet, however you're managing it. And you put a date on your calendar and say, I'm going to call this person back in a year. And I'm going to send them monthly updates from this point forward. So that's really where I find entrepreneurs um, get into trouble. They meet with VCs. The VCs give them reasons they're not going to invest. Those may or may not be accurate. Um, And then they just kind of get into this negative loop where they're trying to figure out why they're not into you. And it's like, well, they're not into you because you know, I'm not going to use a dating analogy here, but if you were like a 17 year old graduating high school and you're trying to date 35 year olds, it just might be an age difference, and they would like you to finish high school and college first if you're of age. Imagine if you build college, you know, finish college first, then maybe I'll date you or something. But you're 20 years younger than me. I'm not going to date you. You're you're just too young for them. You're you're. They want somebody with a little more experience, somebody with a little more traction, a little more uh, life experience. So that's where you're at. And I think that's the key is qualifying your investors and making sure that they have made the size of investment in the type of company you are. And that's the next vector. So, okay, I got you for a seed round. I know that you write 500K checks. Do you re- do SaaS businesses? Because I'm a SaaS business looking for a 500K check. So now you can start to really get alignment. Does that make sense?
6: Yep, totally. Got it. Okay.
1: Well, Just uh, out of curiosity, what's your monthly revenue at right now?
6: We're at 1200 and we're just piloting it with three customers. We're going to launch it uh, in about May.
1: And those pilots are free pilots, or they're paying a modest amount?
6: No, they're paying me to build it. So
1: thank. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. So you're a bootstrapper, my favorite type of entrepreneur. You convinced yep. your customers to give you money in advance to build the product that they want in the world.
6: Yep, and we've got a pipeline of 5,000 employees to cover after. See, this
1: is what I'm talking about. Like People are like, oh, it's not possible to build companies. The game is rigged. Boo-hoo, socialism, give me everything for free, universal basic income. You went out there, you asked people to give you money. That takes chutzpah, spa, and they gave it (laughs) to you to build the product for them. This is a tried and true tactic. I don't know what the disconnect in the world is right now, but in the United States, we have a group of people and i don't know if it's a vocal minority on social media or it's an actual significant number of people who believe that a handout is better than an opportunity they believe that getting something for free from the government is better than going out there and building something in the world you don't think this way you actually want to build something in the world don't you
6: yeah i did this on the side of a full-time job so oh my god how did you ever do
1: that how did you ever <laughs> Work 40 hours a week on one job and then put 40 hours a week into this second thing. How did you do that?
6: Uh, we had a kid. We weren't sleeping a lot, first kid. So I just went to work 8, eight, eight o'clock to 2.30 uh last eight months.
1: Oh, see, so now it gets even better. So not only did you have a full-time job, you had the full-time job of being a parent and not sleeping. And you yep. still did it. And you still Trying. did it. Yeah. Listen, you're making it happen. I, and I just want this to be a message for everybody out there. The average American is overweight or obese. The average American watches five hours of television a day. There is no excuse. Stop eating. Stop watching Netflix. And then go give yourself a second job of having a side hustle, whether it's starting an Airbnb or being a consultant or adding a new skill. Stop being lazy and fat. How's that for an idea? How about <laughs> canceling? You have cable TV. I, I do. Okay. How much are you spending on that cable TV it. a month? One hundred bucks. All right. You spending twelve a year on cable TV and you're not even watching it. Yep. I'm Get not rid using of it. The average American spends one hundred fifty, by the way. So you're on the slim package, I think.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Eight? Can you imagine there are people who are overweight, eating themselves to death, watching five hours of television? A day, and then spending eighteen hundred dollars a year for the privilege of getting fat and stupid.
6: Yeah, and that's in- actually the problem mm-hmm. we're solving. We're we're doing workplace wellness, so we're trying to tackle the uh, physical health, the financial, and emotional.
1: Brilliant! This is a brilliant idea. So you sell to companies to help their employees not be fat, lazy, and depressed. Is that am I getting this right?
6: That's right. It's actually for oh. small businesses. Oh. Uh thirty three percent only thirty three percent of small businesses provide uh workplace wellness and that's forty eight percent on the market.
1: What's the name of this company? Can you tell us the name or are you in stealth?
6: Yeah, it's um it's squirrel. Squirrel. Yeah. I love it. I joke I can't afford any uh vowels, so it's spelled SQRL.
1: Perfect. Perfect. You fake it till you make it. I got mad <laughs> respect for you, one parent to another. Because I've been Thank through you. that. And, and uh great success to you. And you're, you're, you are the American dream. Let me just state that clearly. This is the American dream. You work your job, you're taking care of your kid, and you're trying to create additional value in the world to provide more jobs to more Americans and to prove to the world American exceptionalism. You are what America is supposed to be about. You work hard, you create things, and you prove to the rest of the world that our modest little company of country, Freudian slip there, not company, <laughs> country, but it's a USA Inc., okay? 300 million people, a little bit more, 330. We out-hustle everybody, even the Chinese with their billions of people. We're out here hustling, and it's because people are willing to work hard. You know these Chinese uh, startups? You know what their hours are? 996. You know what 996 stands for?
6: Yep. Nine hours a day, right?
1: Nine, eight, nine hours a day. What is that, a half day? 9 a.m. <laughs> to 9 p.m. Six days a week. 12 hours a day, six days a week. 72 hours a week, which is what you're doing, my friend. And you have my respect yep. for doing it. Yep. Thank, Thank you, you non famous OM, or I should say, soon to be famous OM. You have my respect. <laughs> I tell you what, Jackie. Can we get my new friend Om into Founder university at some point? Okay. You promise him a seat? Okay. We promise you a seat. You come out here, you hang uh, out with J. Cal, we'll go for burgers. And if you want to come hang out at the uh, Accelerator one Thursday afternoon uh, when I'm doing office hours, you talk to uh, your Aunt Jackie, okay? Emmy Award winning uh, Aunt Jackie.
6: I will do. Thank okay. you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, soon
1: to be famous Ohm. You call in again in a yep. year. I want to see that 1200 a month turn into 12000 a month, then 120,000 a month. Let's go. Then you quit your day Hope job, you and you get a trust fund for your kid, and you put them to college, and you create more jobs, and you change the world. Go do it. Enough with yep. the nonsense. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much next. for tuning in. F socialism. Let's go capitalism. We'll see you next time on This Week in Star Wars. Bye-bye.